You're listening to the Crossroads Grace Podcast, a podcast of Crossroads Grace Community Church. To learn more about our gathering times and ways you can get involved, check out our website at crossroadsgrace.org. guys. Well, listen, as we begin today, I have a question to begin us all to kind of think about. And here is the question. Do, does anyone, do you remember movie theaters? You remember those things? You know, those movie theaters, places you could go to to watch High School Musical on a 700-foot screen. I mean, Batman, like watch Batman on a really big screen. You know what I'm saying? Like movie theaters, before all this COVID thing happened, you could go there and they had really comfy chairs that would recline back, you know. You could bring your own blankets to cuddle with. Are you kidding me? You blankets to cuddle with. All while eating $45 popcorn and a $27 drink. Amazing, isn't it? But did you ever go in the middle of the day? Like, did you ever like, like, like go hook, play hooky from work or kind of head to watch something? And you, and you got into your seat and the temperature was just perfect. And you could just relax. But then the movie was over. And, and, and you had to leave your cocoon of comfort. And for some reason, that usher just two hours ago that just welcomed you and sat you to your seat, all of a sudden has turned into a cattle farmer that's trying to herd you out as quickly as possible to clean up the drool stain that you left on the armrest of the chair, right? And so after that happens and the lights are starting to come up, you descend those stairs like a deer, you know, not even sure like really how do your legs work anymore, you know? And you hurriedly throw away your popcorn and you brush off all the crumbs that are on you. And then, of course, you go to the bathroom because you haven't gone in like seven hours, you probably are sure. Right? And, then, and then you head to the exit. You head to the exit and you open the doors to the outside world and you try to head to your car. Except in that moment, in you, the moment you open the doors, you're blinded, aren't you? You're like, oh my goodness, my retinas are burning. Because your eyes are now like dark room accustomed. You have your inside eyes on. And now you're going outside and they're burning like fire. You can't see where you're going, let alone find your car. You remember these moments. Am I alone? Like you remember that happening. You're like, oh my goodness. Listen, our world has kind of been in a movie theater for the past four months. But we haven't been watching the Avengers. We've been watching life. We've been watching life. And we've been watching it on TV and on social media as the world is spinning and shifting because of COVID and racial tensions and a fragile economy. But now we're beginning to return to life outside the walls of our house. It's time to stop binging Netflix. It's time to start living again. Except as we walk outside, not only are we going to kind of have to wait for our eyes to readjust to the light of the living, we're going to have to see what the world looks like altogether. Because we're not out there looking for our car we're looking into the wilderness of the unknown. It feels like we're going into uncharted territory that we've never been before. But one thing's for sure. I think we all realize that normal isn't a place we can vacation to anymore. Right? That island, Igon. Like, it's just not there anymore. So, so I think all of us are asking the very same question. What do we do? Like, like, what do we do? What do we do when we're having to go into uncharted territory in every area of our life? Our family, our job, our finances, our mental health, even our kids. These are questions that persist and questions that maybe you've wrestled with. What do I do with my kids next month? Do I send them back to school? Do I figure out how to manage school from home again? 
Will I get to see my elderly parents before Christmas? How do I help my teen who's really depressed right now? What if my husband loses his job next month? What am I supposed to to do as a Christian with everything that's going on in the world? How do I save my marriage when things are really rough? Where where is God in all this? Those are really fair questions to ask because we all are thinking about them. We all have a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear as we look into the uncharted areas all around us because the struggle is real. But honestly, we should wrestle with these types of questions. Not so that we become overwhelmed or that we start to freak out, but, but so that we can find a way to work through them with, with, with God's strength. So our faith can flex and we can trust God's plan over ours in every way. So that the, so that the words that we find in Romans 8.31 come to fruition where it says this. Paul says in Romans 8.31, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We, we want that to happen. So that we can still live our life that Jesus has called us to and we're supposed to live life to the full. So that we can maintain the mission Jesus Jesus gave us to tell the entire world about him. That's what we want. But as any good survivalist will tell you, the first thing you need to know when you go into uncharted territories, you have to gain your equilibrium. You, You need to know which direction is north. And if you know that, then you can proceed accordingly. After all, guys, standing still is not an option. Staying inside and not coming out until the world gets back to how it was is not realistic. We must move. We must live. Which is why I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 13 so much. 1 Peter 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, as we enter into uncharted territory, we must prepare for action. We must prepare our minds for action. He doesn't say just sit there. He says prepare for actions and have your hope in the grace of Jesus Christ. We can't lose sight of our true north that is found in Jesus. He and he alone will be able to guide us through these uncharted times. And in him we'll find out that he's all that we'll ever need. That's what we need is Jesus. But we also must understand that these uncharted areas are real. They are real things happening to real people. And it would be really cruel for me to stand up here and somehow say, you just need to get over it. You got to move back. You know, just get on past this thing as we come back into the world. Guys, marriages are really hurting. The economy is really in flux. Kids and students are really confused. Racism is real. It continues to stain our culture. Great men and women of law enforcement are really having to fight to keep the peace because of the senseless actions of a few bad apples in their ranks. Even our faith is really in the balance. These things are all real. So when the world around us is hurting so badly, it is important that the church speaks into these areas. We cannot be silent because there is no doubt that we will take steps into this new uncharted world. We must Let's just make sure they're the right steps. Let's just make sure they're the right steps. And if you're joining us today and you don't know God at all, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, man, thank you so much for being here and joining us right now. And you might even be asking yourself this question, though. Why why does God need to be part of it? Like, why does God need to be part of it? Isn't life about picking yourself up and just moving on? I don't have time for God because I need to get to work 
I need to get to work on being, finding a happier marriage. I need to get to work on making a path for myself. I need to make, get to work getting to be more and more and more successful. That's what we think. And while I know this is true because nearly every single one of us have wrestled with that at some point in our life, I'll just ask you this question. How's that going for you? I mean, really, how, how's that going for you? I mean, how productive has that line of thinking been for you? Because honestly, that's not new thinking. That is not uncharted thinking. That is pre-pandemic thinking. We thought that before. And let's face it, it wasn't working then, so why in the world would we think it would work now? Back then, we were stressed out. We were broke. We were unhappy. We were chasing the carrot of success, yet constantly hungry because we never could find it. We've heard it before where it says that uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over expect, except expecting a different result. So why in the world will we go back into that insane thinking and not at least try something new? There's this, uh, there's this great verse in the Bible. Well, I mean, all the verses are good in the Bible. Right? But, but there's a really good verse in the Bible from Proverbs 26, 11. It says this, one of my favorites. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Isn't that great? Straight up Bible vomit stuff right there. It's so good, but yet so true. If we keep going back and back and back and back and back to our old ways of doing things, we might as well be serving up a big old bowl of regurgitated Alpo and eating it. That's what we should do. Because the bottom line is simply this. Nothing changes unless something changes. Nothing changes unless something changes. And I would even add on to this by saying that when everything around you has changed, we have to change. So I would just invite all of us, believers in Jesus or not, to consider what God has said about the uncharted world that we're going into. At least consider it for the next four weeks. Just consider what a, uh, a bowl full of vomit compared to um, what is God is offering you in this uncharted world that we're entering into. Just consider it. This is a time for us to set aside our fear and our pride, our selfishness, our inhibitions, and to trust the God of the universe that is unfazed by COVID, but is in control and is in love with each one of us. And I'll say this, this series is one that if you have not, listen to me online, if you have not already started the watch party in your home, you need to use this, this series for that right now. We are going to be talking about things that everyone is going through. So invite your friend, your neighbor, your, your family, your, your enemy, your dog. Like, I don't know what you got to do. You know, just bring everybody. Create some community. Eat a meal. Not a gooey meal. Like a good meal. You know what I'm talking about? Watch the service together. Talk about it. Because we all are going into uncharted territory. So why not do it together? Do that. Get involved somehow. But for today, I want to let you know I'm going to be in some different spots in the Bible all around. Best thing to be able to keep up with me is your Crossroads Grace app. It's got all of them already there for you if you want to look there. But I will be grounding myself in one area at the very end, Psalm chapter 1. So if you want to go varsity, get your Bibles open. Psalm chapter 1 might be even an underlining opportunity for you there. Psalm chapter 1. So I'll give you a heads up right now that that's where I'm going to be. Because today, as we start this series called Uncharted, we're going to begin by looking at uncharted relationships. Uncharted relationships. COVID has presented all of us with very trying times in our homes. Whether you are single, happily married, miserably married, right? with kids, without kids, divorced, widowed, or just breathing, our relationships have been affected by this period of time. And for so many of us, we are kind of scratching our heads trying to figure out what in the world are we supposed to do? Because here's what most of us did when COVID started. 
Okay, just be honest with you. Tell, tell, tell me this isn't true. Weren't you saying like, man, this is great. This is going to be great. I'm finally going to get together with my, my family for an extended period of time. We're going to make up for all those long lost hours at work. Man, we're going to do all kinds of crafts around the house. I'm going to fix this things up. It's going to look beautiful, right? I'm going to start, like, I'm going to be decoupaging things. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to start doing it. I might even start to put a puzzle together for fun, right? Fun fact, do you know what a person is called that does puzzles? That does, they're called a dissectologist. How <laughs> about that, right? They got a name. Most of you won't get anything else in this message, but you'll go home with dissectologists is what you're going to go home with. But we, didn't we, have, we have all these great idealistic views of what we're going to do, and we're going to do it all together. But when you take out the ability to go anywhere, and you are on top of each other for 24-7, all of a sudden this chance of a lifetime is sucking the life out of you. Am I right? So what happened? Well, I think what, uh, actually, what Pastor Jimmy Roulette, who's our pastor of recovery and who crushed the message last week. Man, great job, Pastor Jimmy. Uh, he, he said something at our pastor's director's meeting recently that just hit me like a ton of bricks and made so much sense. And what he said helped me kind of put it in perspective. And, and here's what he did. He said that one of the biggest problems with the pandemic is that all of the rhythms in our life have been thrown off. He explained to us that we all have known and unknown rhythms that we fall into in our life and into our relationships. So, for example, some of those rhythms might be maybe the husband takes the kids to school on his way to work, but while his wife went to work earlier and then she comes back later to pick up the kids and brings them home. That's a rhythm. Maybe you're single, and what you have is you get up early, you go out for a workout in the morning, you grab some coffee with your friends, you head to work, you might volunteer after in the evening. That's a rhythm that you get into. You might have a few kids, they all go to school, they all have different sports afterwards, somehow you reconnect at the dinner table at night, that's a rhythm. Not good or bad or in between, they're just rhythms. So let me explain it this way. It's like if you're listening to music, you gotta give me some music if you will, right? So, so you, you, as you start to, to listen to music, maybe listen to music, right? Okay, you get some music, right? Kind of listen a little bit, right? You start to kind of feel the beat a little bit, you might sing. You might dance a little bit. You might tap your foot. And, and, and all this means is that you're just kind of getting into the rhythm, you know? And uh, the same thing has happened in our life. We get into the rhythm of life. We're right there. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits, and the music stops. And you, you, lose, you lose the beat, you know? You're like, ha! You feel like one of those acts on uh, American Idol that they throw in there just for comic relief, you know? You're like, ah, 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 right? But in this case... It's not a reality TV show. It's your real life. And, and you, you're trying to figure out the new rhythm. I mean, guys, listen. When, when, when work and school and sports and the gym and church and growth groups and vacations and even just socializing all of a sudden just stops, you're forced to, to find a new rhythm. A rhythm of being in the house virtually all day with the same people who are driving you crazy, Right? Which is why when you start to see thing, this happen, you start to see things happening that normally you wouldn't see. Marriages that are seemingly fine start to struggle. Relationships that have really small cracks in them all of a sudden have Grand Canyon problems, you know? The kids you love so much, you are totally considering putting them up for sale on eBay. No, just put them on there, right? Your kids that were happy, super excited, now they're bummed out. They're missing their friends. They miss going to school. But here's, the reason this happens is because all of our rhythms are shot. 
Whether you're married or you're single, you're forced into these new rhythms. We don't have the natural break or the breather that we once had that, that, that would, would avoid these things. It's causing us issues now. And so in the middle of these forced rhythms, we start to wonder, Man, am I going to make it? Are my kids going to be okay? Maybe, maybe we're better apart. Which is why what we see happening in China actually so concerning. It's fascinating. We've learned a lot from the, the social fallout from COVID by looking at, at, at China. There's a startling reality of the, of the effects that quarantine had on marriages. And we began to see it in March when the shelter-in-place restrictions were lifted in China. And in the city of Xi'an and Jizhou, they reported a record number of divorce filings immediately following when the ban was lifted. The staff at those locations said they didn't even have time to drink a glass of water because so many couples had filed, had lined up to file for divorce. Listen to what Steve Lee, a divorce lawyer in China, said. He said, the more time they spend together, the more they hate each other. People need space, not just for couples. This applies for everyone. He went on to say that in, in most cases, he said that quarantine intensified their contradictions with each other. But, but the next part actually struck me really as really interesting because China is now beginning to regret their divorce system. Their current divorce system allows for someone, check this out, to be able to get divorced within 30 or 40 minutes. But now China's National People's Congress is considering legislation that will require a 30-day uh, cooling off period uh, before couples, that, that when they get divorced. There's a petitioning process. And anyone can back out, could withdraw the request at any time in that 30 days. Now, why would a communist country do that? Because they found that many of the couples, within an hour of getting divorced, came back wanting to get remarried. Within an hour. But marriages weren't the only thing that they found a problem with. Domestic violence and child abuse, those cases soared. Listen to this quote I found from Fen Wan. He's a co-founder of a non-governmental organization called Equality. He says that uh, lockdown brings out latent tendencies for violence that were there before but not coming out. Lockdown also makes seeking help more difficult. So, so the tensions that are bottling up in our homes over the last few months, it's really staggering if you think about it. Because we were made for community, to be with each other. And I think it's really important at this time to kind of consider what Paul says in Romans 12. Listen to these words. He says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We've got different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The human body dies if it doesn't have proper blood supply. And parts of your body will literally fall off if you don't get the blood that it needs. The same is true in our human spirit. Part of our blood supply is being connected with each other as the body. And in order to be one body, we must be working together. We must be connected as one. And I tell you this so that we can be real and we can be honest about how we're feeling. I am not naive enough to say that today somehow on Crossroads Grace Law Online or here in Manteca, 
that we are immune to all the things that I just talked about. There are probably some of you that are waiting to sprint to the courthouse to file for divorce. There are some of you that are thinking about it. Some of you are having a real hard time with your kids. There might even be abuses happening in your home right now. And, and, and maybe you're in an abusive or an unsafe relationship and, and maybe you need resources for that. And we've got a link that our chat host is gonna put out there for you and also in your Crossroads Grace app, there'll be a resource there for you too. And, and maybe it's not physical abuse, but maybe you have abuse with alcohol and food and video games or pornography. And again, our Celebrate Recovery ministry on Wednesday nights would be a great opportunity for you to get help for that. Or maybe some of them are just really lonely. And it's an everyday reminder of how lonely you are and you're just struggling a little bit. So here's what I want to do for the remainder of our time. I want to get really practical in this conversation, but I also want to make sure we hear from God of what he would tell us in these uncharted times. And so today I'm going to give you four things to consider in uncharted relationships. Four things to consider in an uncharted relationship. The first one's this. Never make long-term decisions in the middle of a short-term crisis. If the Chinese divorce phenomenon taught us anything is that rash decisions usually lead to rash regrets. I love how the, the passion, this new Passion Translation of the Bible it interprets Proverbs 28. It says, To make rash, hasty decisions shows that you are not trusting the Lord. But when you rely totally on God, you will still act carefully and prudently. So good. Never make a major life decision in the middle of a major crisis for the sheer fact you are not thinking clearly. Take a step back. See the uniqueness of the situation for what it is and trust that God is still working. Create some space between you and the decision for a little bit. My wife, uh, Sheree, and I, we've always said that we would get a tattoo. Like, we would get tattoos if we could. We're not against that or anything like that. But we have both agreed to, to adopt the Sheree rule of tattoos. Okay, the Sheree rule. And, and here's what Sheree's rule is. She says this, that we can get a tattoo, any tattoo we want, if we choose what the tattoo is, and then we must wait an entire year before getting it. And after that year, if we still want the tattoo and in the same location, then we can get the tattoo. Needless to say, my skin is a blank canvas of white and untouched because I can't figure it out for an entire year. But here's what I'm guessing. A lot of you are probably saying, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because there's some people that probably have like a, like, I, I don't know, like a, a Doc McStuffins tattoo on the side of their leg. And they're like, man, I wish I would have waited a year. You know what I mean? Like, so you get that. So, 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 so you're saying that makes a whole lot of sense. So, so then why do we get divorces, leave our families, and make major life decisions in less than four months. Never make long-term decisions in the middle of a short-term crisis. Seek God. Talk to wise Christian counsel. Remember that Satan wants nothing more than for your relationship or your mental sanity to fail. Don't let him use the pandemic as his scapegoat. Don't fall for that. Never make long-term decisions in the middle of a short-term crisis. This too shall pass. Don't give up. Which leads me to the second thing I want us to remember in our uncharted relationships. Fix the cracks before they crack. If you want to avoid making major decisions in the times of crisis, then fix the cracks before they get huge. So often we overlook cracks in our relationships, don't we? 
We say these things to ourselves. I know lots of couples that don't talk for weeks on end. All kids talk back to their parents and are disrespectful. It's what they do. Drinking is just how he winds down after a long day at work. Everyone has their ex-boyfriends as friends on social media and talks to them every day. Everybody. Getting in debt, it's what everybody does. See, we overlook all the, all the red flags and the cracks in our relationships because here's what we do. We choose to ignore them, justify them, or here's a great one. We get really, 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 really busy so we could forget about them. But guys, the cracks are still there. They're still there. I grew up in the Midwest. Rapid City, South Dakota is my hometown. Lived in Chicago for 13 years. I can attest to you that in the Midwest, there's a phenomenon that most Californians aren't familiar with. Um, Laura, if you're still joining us from Chicago, whatever I called it before, you'll understand what this is. Uh, it's called snow. Okay, it's, it's white, fluffy stuff that, that comes from the sky when the temperature drops below freezing. Freezing, never mind. Okay, so you'll figure it out, right? So, so when the snow comes from the, 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 the sky, it, it develops on the ground and it makes these big piles, but eventually it melts and then the water gets into the cracks that were on the roads. But then it snows again and the water freezes and then it expands the crack a little bit more. And over and over, you have melting and freezing that happens that by the time the spring comes, the roads you once were able to ride on are now potholes and they're these massive cracks, small children falling in them. They're enormous. Now, why did that happen? Because the water found its way into the cracks and caused stress on them through the freezing and melting, freezing and melting. What started off as a small crack ended up huge because it wasn't addressed right away. So the same thing will happen to our relationships. If we aren't proactive in handling the cracks in our life under minor stress, they will only widen under major stress. So when we see the cracks in our foundation starting to form, we have to trust God to help us deal with those, regardless of how difficult that might be. And consider what Proverbs 3 says. Uh, Proverbs 3 says this, that trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. God is saying, trust me more than you. Fix the cracks before they crack and understand that if you do this, you will be able to go on the right path. The path that is smooth that Jesus is trying to lay out for you. A minus those cracks, trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Fix the cracks before they start to crack. But the third thing I want us to consider in our relationships is this. God is not the size of your biggest problem. He's bigger. I will argue with you that in the 1980s, the best movies that have ever been made were actually filmed. I will fight anybody here for the 1980s, some of the best movies ever. One of which is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, fantastic movie. Scientist played by Rick Moranis creates a shrink ray, shrinks his kids down. Home movie is done by that. It was cutting edge back then, okay? But in reality, that concept has been around for a very, very long time, especially when it comes to God. Because I'm willing to bet that all of us can say from some time in our life that we have said, honey, I think I shrunk God in our life. Because isn't this the way this normally goes? T tell me this isn't the way this goes. Step one. Freak out when something challenging happens or something goes wrong. Just freak out. Step two, try to fix the problem yourself. Make a more of a hot mess of any situation that you're in. Step three, forget completely about all the times in the past that God has come through and made things right. Step four, blame God for everything that he's not big enough to fix all your problems. 
Anybody been there? Maybe this last week you might have been there. Hey, anybody online? Give me an amen if you have. But here's the thing that we have to remember when things are going tough and they're going crazy. Listen, God is not shrinkable. He's really big. He really wants to be involved with everything that you're going through. He's really big. Listen to Isaiah 55. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. That's a big God that can handle whatever you're going through and help you get through it. Whether that is a rough marriage, a trouble season with your kids, or a season of loneliness. Whatever it is, he can and will be there for you through it all. Don't shrink God. Let his might, let his power grow in your life during those uncharted times. And then finally we come to our last one. Avoid emotional responses to irrational fears. We have to be careful that we aren't allowing fear to drive our decisions. You guys, this might be one of the most important things to remember and wrestle with today in our uncharted relationships. Re remember this. I want you to listen to these wise words from author Lisa Turkhurst. She says this, Feelings are indicators, not dictators. They can indicate where your heart is in the moment, but that doesn't mean they have the right to dictate your behavior and boss you around. You are more than the sum total of your feelings and perfectly capable of that little gift from Jesus called self-control. When we enter into uncharted relationships, we have to make sure we aren't making emotional decisions that will take us in the wrong direction away from God. Because if our feelings do boss us around, these, this is some things that you'll see happening. This is when emotional and physical affairs happen, when you have emotionally driven responses that aren't rooted in what we know is right and godly. Something else that you might see is that you might see this is when people get in really bad relationships really quickly because they don't want to be alone. Emotional decisions based on an irrational fear. This might be when we think things about someone for the color of their skin because we're fearful of what we don't know. We will buy things that we don't need to go into debt because of the, the emotional fear of missing out. We'll emotionally eat more and more because we just feel we need to fill ourselves with things to make us better. But none of these will put us back on course with God. And all of these will only take us further away from him every single time. But listen to what David says in Psalm 107. Fantastic. Read this. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven love this verse because the first thing it says is they cried out to God God I need you God I don't get it God I'm scared God I'm freaking out God I don't know what's going to happen God I don't know where to go God I need you and what does it say he says he brought them out of their distress how did he do it oh look he says that he stilled the storm to a whisper that the waves were hushed and God did all of that so things could be calm it grew calm, and then look at this beauty, that after all of that happened, it says that he guided them to their 
desired haven. Seek God for the calm before reacting. Emotional decisions based on fear will never work out well. So let God guide you to to the desired haven that is closest to his heart. I was looking for an illustration um, to explain this. this, And um, God just kind of gave me this illustration. I think this is really helpful for us to consider. Um, Class, this is a scale, okay? A scale that balances things, okay? Um, And as I was thinking about that, I thought that this this might be really interesting to consider because um, August 23rd, my wife, Sheree, and I, we will be married 18 years, so 18 years, Sharina, 18 years, she's, she's a saint. Who knows how she did it, right? So, so 18 years. And so I just got to start to thinking about it. I'm like, well, like how long is that? So one of these little glass beads represents one month of time, um, one month of time. And so if you factor it all out, 18 years, put it into months, it's actually 216 months. 216 months that Sharia somehow kept her sanity and has been married to me. 216 months. And so um, as I look at that, and if we consider this scale, kind of our, our life, you know, and um, 216 months, if, what I want us to think about is, is when we look at these four things again, and if we decide to not do them, let's say that we do make long-term decisions in the middle of crisis. Maybe we don't fix the cracks before they crack. Maybe we do shrink God. Maybe we do make emotional responses out of irrational fears. If we, if we go against all of those things, here's what will happen. Uh, What we'll start to think is that we'll start to think that one, two, three, four months somehow will trump all 216 and that somehow those four months are going to cause me to make decisions irrationally because of four months. That's what you're doing when you decide to pull the plug on your relationship, when you start to freak out about things that are going on at home, you're saying that four months weighs more than 216, which is crazy. It's not true. Let's look at it this way. When we start to freak out in our life, what if this represented all the times that God was good, the times that he saved you and healed you and helped you and provided for you and kept you safe and he provided everything in your life and gave you breath every single day of your life. What if this represented all the times that God was good and then all of a sudden four months comes and you're like, God, I'm out of here, forget you. That's what we do. When we run from our faith because of four months of challenge that he's still in the middle of and we say, oh God, I'm out of here. No, 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 no. You might be single and saying, what in the world? You might be, have lost your job and thinking, God, I'm just telling you right now, this does not happen. 216 is always greater than four. And so what I'm telling you here is don't give up. Guys, unless you have been married less than four months, this doesn't work, right? And can I just tell, come on, come on. The first three months, Fantastic, man, you walk on water in a relationship. I just married a couple yesterday. They're probably walking on water right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't count. This is the truth. Don't let four months destroy all the time that you have been together, all the times God has been good. Don't let that happen. Trust him. Don't give up. Don't give up. And as we think about this, 
I think we really need to uh, have something to ground ourselves to, and that's where Psalm 1 comes in. David's words in Psalm 1 are so refreshing, specifically the first three verses, and I believe they're going to encourage you today, and also there's something that we need to hear during these uncharted times. Listen to what he says in Psalm 1. He said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Gang, listen, to make your way through uncharted times, you have to have deep roots in Jesus. We must remember that we do not have to be like everyone else. Listen to me. We don't have to be like everyone else. Just because the world says that the stress is too much, that it won't get better, it does not mean you have to fall for that garbage lie. Because we have something more solid than the fear of a virus, the stress of a spouse, or whatever situation that we're in, we have the love of God as our foundation in his word that says if you stay rooted in me, you will prosper, that I will be there. Don't go down the path of the wicked. Don't go down the hard-hearted. Don't allow yourself to be overcome. Let me overcome for you because I have through Jesus Christ. The truth is that right now, marriages are crumbling. Single folks are stumbling. Parents are grumbling. And in one way or the other, we are all struggling. But my friend, I want you to hear from a pastor that loves you so much. I want you to hear this. Permanent decisions should never be made during temporary challenges. These times will pass. We will find a new normal. In these uncharted times, we need to stay united, not fragmented, more than ever before. Don't let 216 be trumped by four. And we have the truth and the hope of this because of what we celebrate every week at communion. That because of what Jesus did for us, by coming to this earth, by living a perfect life, by dying for us, by raising from the dead, by ascending into heaven, by giving grace in his wake, by forgiving us our sins, we can have the truth and the hope that Jesus is good and we can get through this because he wants to navigate it for us. We were never meant to do this on our own. We're meant to do it together, and together following Jesus, we will get through it, and it will be good. But through our time of communion, we get to remember what Jesus did for us. I ask that you prepare your hearts for that now and consider what he wants for you in your life and what he's preparing to do. Never make long-term decisions in the middle of a short-term crisis. Trust Jesus. He'll always be there. Let me pray. God, I, I prepare our hearts right now for communion and ask that you would just do a work in us, that we would remember you, that we would remember how much you've done for us time and time again. I pray for relationships that are struggling and pray for single folks that are just wrestling with things. I pray for our kids. I pray for our families. God, I pray for it all. And I pray that your hand would be upon us and that we would remember, Jesus, that you are near to the brokenhearted, that you are with us and that you love us. God, at communion, we remember your son Jesus, his sacrifice for us, what he did for us on that cross through the empty tomb as he ascended to heaven. And so, Father, I pray right now in this moment that if there's anyone here in person or on in, in, at a screen behind that lens that does not know you, Jesus, that they would say, Jesus, I'm lost. 
I'm trying to navigate this world myself and I'm lonely and I'm lost. I need you. You are to be my guide, the good shepherd. I ask that you would forgive my sins. I repent of them and I want to follow you. Come into my life. Allow me to have you as my savior and lead me through this world into the next. You tell us, God, as we claim your son as savior, that we're saved. In the moment, we're saved. And that, God, I pray that many would do that. Help us, Father. Help us to be able to hear from you. Save us. Let us hear from you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week on the Crossroads Grace podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you are interested in getting involved in our community or want to find out more information, visit us online at crossroadsgrace.org. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast.